0: Yo guys, thanks for tuning in. This episode and the interview in it were recorded during the period of quarantine due to the, uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. There's been a lot of bad things coming out of it, um, but it feels like there's been some good things too. One notable thing is there seems like there's a new running boom getting started. I've definitely noticed a lot of new faces out on the road, and I guess through that I've been getting a lot of new listeners too. And I'm real stoked on that. This project was meant to highlight the culture in my area here in South Jersey, as well as, uh, you know, running culture nationwide. I'm really curious to know what about running captivates people outside of just the training, fueling, racing aspect of it. Um, You know, there's a newer age of athletes out there. They're using the sport to create some really cool art, uh, some great stories. And what's probably most important to me is the community empowerment aspect. My company, Second Capital Running, bases our entire uh, platform off of the idea that we can use running and the culture around it to build up not just individuals but uh, communities entirely and so uh, I hope to use this podcast as a way to branch out and really show people that there's more to it than just sport it really is um, something that encapsulates all aspects of culture and lifestyle if you allow it to
1: helping people reach the finish line is like one of the most rewarding things i've ever done in my life like legit um i've i've paced a lot of like marathons and half marathons and i've also paced uh personally uh some people through their first 100 milers and there's nothing greater than seeing people like just achieve something that they're they're not sure they can do in the middle of it you know
2: absolutely
0: have you ever found yourself at a race thinking about all the different moving parts that are working together to make that race happen? From small 5ks to major marathons like Boston and Chicago, there's hundreds of people who are often runners working concurrently throughout the year just to make that one day go off without a hitch. And most participants don't ever think about that because, well, why should they? I don't think it ever occurred to me until I decided I wanted to put on races of my own. And now I produce eight races of my own, plus have a hand in helping produce dozens of others year round. And uh, it's hard work, but it's fun work. When you love the sport, it's super gratifying to know that you're a part of something that really builds people up and could potentially be the highlight of their year. Uh, It's real humbling work, because one day you can go from being top of the chain as the race director, uh, to the next day you're setting up barricades and handing out waters. There's, There's really no room for egos in the industry. In this episode, I talk with Vanessa Klein and John Swanson, race directors of the Patona Trail Races. It's a series of ultra races uh, held in the New Jersey Pinelands, um, a little background on, on ultra running. Ultra running is kind of like uh, when you spell cool with a K or like every time Budweiser puts out some, some new version of Budweiser, but they add a different word into there. It's just their way of trying to say like, hey, this is, this is better than the original in some way. And ultra running is just taking uh, standard running to the next level. For most road runners and trail runners, um, you know, you got your five Ks, your ten Ks, half marathons, and and the the marathon is probably the pinnacle of that. Well, ultra running is anything more than a marathon. So, marathons twenty six point two miles, and you you know your first major ultra most people take on is fifty uh, K, which is somewhere over thirty miles, and then you've got. Crazy shit like the Western States 100, which is the oldest 100-mile race in America, maybe the world. I don't know. I got to do a fact check there. Um, or Badwater 235, which is literally 235 miles of running through the desert. Um, it takes a special kind of person with a special kind of mind and uh, some real grit, I think, to kind of get into that. But it's become something very popular over the years, and it's it's really blown up. Um, but Turner Trail Races is a really good, solid series of races here in New Jersey. Uh, the Patona Trail is uh, kind of an iconic route that runs through Wharton State Forest. And um, Vanessa and John really do a great job of producing this, this race that brings in a lot of people, and it's gained some recognition, not only regionally, but nationwide. So we get to talk a little bit about how different it is producing a, something like an ultra trail race compared to just producing like a, a simple 5K road race and the different challenges that come with it it's really interesting to see the the parallels there. Vanessa also owns uh, Beast Pacing which is a company that um, if you've ever run a half marathon more than likely you've seen people in the crowd who are holding up signs that say hey you know if you want to finish in a certain time follow me. Uh, Vanessa is is the person that, that gets those people there. Pacers make a huge difference for a lot of runners in half marathons and marathons. Uh, you know I've used pacers before in races and it's helped me get to where I needed to go. It's It's motivation it's someone to holds you accountable through the race. It's someone to keep you company, to talk you through it. And um, it's something, I think, part of uh, race production that's also kind of overlooked, uh, but not underappreciated. I think runners really uh, love when they see pacers at a race. It's, it's a great thing. Um, but it's just not something people really think about, like who's making that happen? Who's making sure those pacers are there and that it's all coordinated properly? So we get into some really good conversation about that. Um, let's jump into it. You're listening to Marathoning for Millennials, a podcast introducing distance running and the culture that surrounds it to America's favorite generation. Okay, so I'm on the phone with Vanessa Klein and John Swanson, the RDS from the Patona Trail Races series, based uh, right here in South Jersey. Actually, how you guys doing?
1: Good. Thanks for having us.
0: Good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, all the, the quarantine stuff. Making out all right. <laughs> Yeah, we're
1: we're still running. Um, I think the the thing that it's affected us most was our inaugural 100-miler, the New Jersey Devil 100, was canceled by uh, basically the the DEP. You know, they pulled the permits for any events, just like everyone Mm -hmm. else. So that was a little bit of a tough blow. But uh, we moved that event to October 10th and and, uh, are just trying to kind of take it one day at a time.
2: Yeah. And we also too, like whoever was registered for the race in April, we were able to, uh, they had a choice of either doing it in October or next April, 2021. So like nobody really loses out for that race. I mean, it's a tough blow for all of us race directors and runners, because we were registered for a few races also that we, uh, you know, they both were deferred Heiner and uh, Hellbender also. So we, we, we're getting hit on both sides of that race directing and and running as well but I mean that's the biggest hit and also childcare too
1: yes we child have ki- we have ah. kids
2: homeschooling now on top of trying to work around everything else
1: I've learned I'm not a good teacher
2: <laughs> yeah it makes, makes things a lot more difficult you know that free time I mean I didn't have it in the daytime but she did you know, where she got you know, do a lot more work at home, and I'm, I have another job as well. So,
0: right, alone time is pretty much non-existent at this point. That's that's uh, that's um, I don't I don't have any kids, so I I, I can't <laughs> relate at all. But I uh, you know I I send the 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 good thoughts you guys ways because I know how tough those weeks have got to be. And um, I I don't know if you guys saw. I feel like just before um we got on the line, I'm I'm pretty sure they announced that it's over for the school year. Yes. Like they're not opening back up. Yes, they did. Oh, God bless that you guys. Was not a
1: good. John texted me that while I was uh out uh picking up some supplies from Lowe's, and I was like, no, big, big fat no across my screen back to him. Mm. Like, oh, uh, it's gonna be a long summer.
2: Yeah, and I feel for a lot of the kids. They had a lot of different plans, and you know, graduation, and and. Uh all these sort of things that were coming through this year and that's all just totally gone. So,
0: yeah, that's just gone. I, I, I that's, that's rough because you know, a really senior, the whole point of senior year is, is for prom and the senior trip and like everything else is just filler in between that stuff. Mm-hmm. So like they, they just, you know, they went through, I don't know, 60% of a school year just to not get what they were finishing out the school year for. That's right yeah that that's uh no that that really sucks it it seems like it's just no nobody there's a few people that are winning i think like i would say like zoom the video like conference guys those guys are winning in this scenario and you know i'm sure there's some aspects of the government that are doing really well because of this but otherwise this is this has been a Way too long of a, of, a, of a time to be dealing with this kind of stuff, unfortunately.
2: Right. but as And as then for, it affects business. Yeah. Yeah. But as for us, we're like running. We, we don't have the races that we're doing, but we're still running. Um, we try to get out where we can. They closed down the state parks for a while, but there was some other areas that we found, like private preserves that were like still available to the public as long as they weren't like overcrowded and that sort yeah. of thing. They, they, they kept them open.
1: Still going on adventures.
2: Yeah. And we, we spent a great. lot of time in Pennsylvania. We found different parks and uh, a lot of time on the many different trails, good views, hiking. I mean, our, our runs were a lot slower on Strava. They look, you know, pretty pathetic, but they are pretty uh, good adventures. They're really decent, you know, just seeing different parts of our area, which that was the benefit of that.
0: Right. Well, when this, when this all kind of came into effect, were you guys, um, were you guys like in, in the midst of like a training cycle at all?
1: Yeah, actually we were getting ready to run a hellbender, which was going to be April 4th. Um, So we were kind of on the tail end of that. um, And it was like really up in the air for a couple of weeks, trying to figure out if the race was going to get canceled. The race director was awesome. He does like live updates on Facebook. Um, I think he did them like on Saturday nights or something um and then there was Sam um I I'm drawing a blank on his name but um Aaron was, Saft Oh yeah, Aaron Saft, that's right. He was he was great. He kept everybody updated. He was trying all do- different avenues to try to make the race happen and unfortunately, you know, he, it, things at some point were just out of his control and um so that's kind of where we were at. We were at the we were we were ready to taper. Taper from hmm. our we we weren't really I guess that ready so maybe oh, it yeah, was a was, blessing in disguise.
2: Yeah, I, I was I was not the most prepared for it because I I had hurt had my first injury that was significant uh, this past November at the Philly uh, Marathon. We I, I actually it was the uh, Independence Day challenge where yeah. you re- I, I forget which one it is, but it's the one where you run the half and the uh, 8K right after and then the next day's the full. Yeah, and I finished. Full. I felt okay. I mean, I was sore and, and tight, and got home and uh, sat on the couch after we had our uh, celebratory meal after <laughs> the race. And uh, I went to get up off the couch and step down. I'm like, "Oh, there's a sharp pain in the middle of my foot, and this is not good." And uh, I tried to like, you know, tough it out, and it just stayed there. And took went to the doctor, and like, "Oh, you have a a stress fracture." pretty uh, significant so i was out for two months uh once i came back to running i i, I took it easy you know and i went right into a 50k <laughs> yeah. The algonquin it was that 50K. week that
1: week the doctor said he could run and he ran a 50k our friend our friend uh trent swanson's race algonquin yeah that weekend i'm like oh my gosh you should not probably be doing that but we like supporting him and his races he's an awesome guy so
2: yeah the race dictator everybody calls him <laughs> but uh Yeah, it's a fun race, and uh, I I had a plan from the beginning. Once I was getting out of that boot, I was just gonna like do like maybe a fourteen mile or so, but really slow, like hike, run, that sort of thing. And uh, so I was just feeling okay, and my joints felt okay, and the foot felt good. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just save myself for that race, and and put it all on that race. And, And it was great. I met somebody. I ran with my friends who did the Duck Challenge, which is another crazy thing we, we we were gonna do it this year but you know it, it was uh it's like a night run into another 50 k so 250 ran with them for a little bit. wow it, it was it was a good time so you know it's it, ultra running is a different animal you like run eat take your time and unless you're a speedster and you can blow through it not not me it's never been me so
0: <laughs> anyway right yeah it, it seems like um it's definitely uh i don't know if laid back is the right term but it definitely seems as though the the vibe is a little more relaxed a little more um communal un- unless yeah. unless you're now you're one of the top guys that are really competing and you know they've got sponsorships they have to like hold on to and things like that uh in terms of um in in training for for ultra runners compared to like your 5k runner your marathoner uh did you was there any well, not even so much training, I guess, but just in your running alone um, right now, is there any challenges that were unique to the ultra running community? Because I imagine you guys do the majority of your running and training probably on, on trails because that's where you'll be racing and to get longer distances, it's sometimes more comfortable to do it on trails. Is that is that correct to assume? Yes.
1: Yeah, definitely. And the challenges with that were when, you know, New Jersey closed all the state parks. We have a we have a couple of little uh, parks that are pretty close to where we live, um, but the ones that we frequent to to do the longer runs, everything was being closed. So we actually um, started traveling outside the state to get those long runs in. We were going into Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, and maybe some people wouldn't agree with that, but you know, we were away from people. We were outside um sure there yeah. really was like you know we we like to find places where nobody nobody goes so that's the draw for us good views um and just like enjoying our time outside like we we both are people that like need to be outside
2: yeah yeah and it was it, it really worked out well and like she said we just <laughs> the couple people we saw a lot on the trails too um we all were very everybody was polite we'd get off the trail and let the other ones pass you know just to maintain that distance from everyone you know and uh they were so remote that you, you saw very few people at all yeah especially out.
1: once once you got more than a mile from a parking lot or trailhead you nobody. yeah
0: right yeah i can't i can't imagine yeah, you know there's, there's just not that many people getting 15 20 miles out from their starting point and those parks and when they are they're much more spaced absolutely <laughs> and i feel like you know um you know it seems like a lot of people just recently discovered there was such thing as outside you know like we they had to close the parks because there was just so many people um gathering there because there's nothing else to do i can not i imagine that had to be really frustrating for you guys i know it was frustrating for like even just around here cuz you know we have like we have, we're close by uh Parvin state park. So a lot of people use that for running. And it was just like, for that to close, a lot of people just did not run because that's the only place they felt comfortable doing it. It was very frustrating to kind of like, it's nice that everyone is getting back in touch with nature, but can you not ruin it for the ones that have always loved it and have always appreciated yeah, it?
1: I, I know that per, me personally, I, I certainly saw that. Um, I had been section running like the Appalachian trail and, There were some sections that uh, I was repeating that John hadn't been on and just the difference from when I went a couple weeks earlier to like after, um, you know, everybody was technically like locked down or whatever you want to call it. um, The the parking areas near the Appalachian Trail were just insane, overwhelmed, like parked cars like flowing out onto the street. It was it was crazy. But, you know, again, once you got like a mile or two from a parking lot, then you know, most people aren't doing, you know, going that far. They just want to be outside. And I, I'm mm. certainly glad that people were getting outside. But, yeah, it was a little bit tough navigating the first couple miles or so.
2: Yeah, but it, was, it actually wasn't really as bad as it looked from the parking lot true, a- true. aspect. That's true. Uh, I, I, I think it was more not of the southern Jersey area as it is, like, the northern, more congested areas. Because we, we, there's a place called mm. Franklin that was closed, but there was two parking areas in that big park and they were parking areas, but the trails themselves, I mean, you went for a while without seeing anybody Yeah. just because they're, I mean, it's a lot of land. Everybody's spread out. Right. I think what really did the park closing in was just uh, people gathering and having picnics, which, I mean, it's totally not, you know, a good idea. That's-
0: right.
2: The governor had to make a decision on that, I guess but well, hopefully we don't end up in that boat again.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I really hope so. Yeah. So we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll dive into talking about you guys events now. So, I uh, well we talked already a little bit at the the NJ Devil 100. That would have been your first time race here in April, now move to October, October 10th you said, it, right? Yes,
1: that's going to run uh, concurrently with um Betona Trail races which we took over last year from uh Angie and Dennis. Um Angie was like super super organized lady so taking it over was uh i mean it was definitely a lot of work but man i couldn't imagine like have like starting that on my own yeah. um
2: and then they started off we had some supplies there and then just an idea dennis and and angie i ran that race uh i think the second year that or maybe the third year that they had it they first two years they had it in january and they moved it to november and then we moved it to october to, because uh the november it was the first weekend of November and every time it was like 20 degrees and it was pretty frigid. I don't know. It was just kind of like an anomaly where it got pretty cold out there, but they did a really super job and they were like more of a laid back kind of race, you know, it
1: was more of a fat ass event. And, uh, but without the platform that they created, like, it would have been really difficult to switch it to a regular race, but I think, um, you know, it definitely was a lot of work, but.
2: And I it, think the- sorry go ahead i, I think the uh, batona is one of those hidden gems of uh the pine barrens where a lot of people don't know about um it's 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 a pretty long extensive trail that uh not too many runners go out and and and, and run on and the hard part of it is it's, it's a point-to-point race so like you either if you want to do a length either you do an out and back or you need to have somebody uh carpool with someone where you, you drop off one point and then you drive to the other part and, and run it. So, and it's like really remote uh, area. And so like, it's, it's something unique to this area too from the tri-state area. You don't really see like that kind of the pine trees and the foliage out there. I don't know if I use the right term, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's not like mountains or, or I'm sure you're familiar with that sort of thing in, in Vineland.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's I mean our trails are limited to about we have about two parks where there are trails and they probably add up to less than five miles total worth of trails, you know. So you want something anything close to extensive you go to Parvin. And I think uh a uh like a local guy around here who lives he lives actually like on the edge of the park. He uh I think he got a little over a full marathon in the park doing every single trail. So that's about, you know, that's about what we're limited to in there in that sense. So South Jersey's definitely not known for its technical terrain. Yeah, that's for sure. But it's beautiful. And that's I think that's what sells the but the trail itself has always been um well known for that. Uh and then of course with the running of the the race, like you said, it was more of a fat ass style. And I think that's how I remember learning about it. Um, you know, I think I learned about ultra running I must have read either I think it was Scott Jurek's book Eat and Run, and then I kind of got got a good interest into it. I'm not an ultra runner, and I'm I have no plans to get into it soon. Eventually, I'd like to, but um, but it, I was I've always been fascinated with it. I think it's just like the most amazing, coolest sport that someone can do because it's just it's a it's an adventure, you know. And especially like with the point to point races like yours, like you're going from one place to another, you and you're traversing. Varying terrains and different obstacles, I've always thought that was badass. So, the Batona was uh legendary because it was one of the only ultras in the era. as far as I know. Batona has, has really been the, the only one in South Jersey. Is that right? Um, I think there's
1: there might be like a, a looping race over at Cooper River,
2: that's a new oh, yeah. Uh, race, yeah. But Our, I don't... trail race, I think, Batona is probably in South Jersey, it's probably the only one that I. I, I,
0: we could be wrong but I, I would say that that sounds right I can't like nothing even comes close the loopy looper yeah I think they did the first one in August um, and and that's a cool idea but that's I don't even know if that's even Not trail a, as much as it road. is yeah yeah it's just that, that repeating loop which is another you know badass concept for someone to, to take on I, I don't know if I could ever um, do that I'd much rather like the idea of like a, a course that doesn't yeah. repeat as much but Still, just the mental resolve to do that—that's it, what it's, it's a testament to.
2: And, and so what the, the like the distance and the, the adventure is always, you know, exciting. And but you, you the one thing that holds a lot of people back is like what's going to happen to their body. You know, like you you run a marathon and and it, and it kills you, but uh, like fifty k or, or like fifty five miles, it, it seems like extraordinary, but. Uh, You'd be, oh, yeah. you'd be surprised at what you can handle. And it's, it's not the intense intensity that you run in on a marathon. You automatically should just like slow down a little bit and, and at a, at a lower heart rate and a lower effort just to survive like that distance and your body, you know, it, it's, it's surprising how long it'll last. And, and a lot of people you see that maybe online and that sort of thing, like people who do the hundred milers and you're a lot stronger mentally and, and, Physically than you than you know,
0: without a doubt. Yeah, you know it's 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 funny because you know um, if people learned about ultra running before they learned about marathons, so much less people would probably run. You know, you have to get most people still now. You can tell someone oh, you know I did ten miles, and they would act like that was like insane. So you, it's like a it seems like there's a progression of like getting people into that idea of knowing that the body really, like you said, it can handle right. so much more once you learn how to control it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you, you guys, I'm assuming it both run in the Batona before you became race director. Is yeah.
1: Yeah. I ran it. Uh, John's run it a couple of times. You can tell you about that, but I, I've only run it once. That was in 2018. Um,
0: yeah, I, I've ran
2: it the two years prior.
0: So, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't long. Wasn't long until you guys ended up, um, Taken over for it so you took over in 2019 or yeah right
1: so the yeah conversation actually came up um John was waiting for me to finish the race in 2018 and I think uh he and Angie were just kind of just casually talking and she had mentioned that she uh I think they were going to be starting a family and she kind of wanted to offload it to someone and so I when we got the the car to go home I Sent her a message right away, and I said, "Hey, I'm interested. Like, let's talk." And so, that pretty much was it. I mean, we, you know, we just uh, we had some conversations about how to, you know, transition it, and um, you know, we wanted to to keep most things the same, um, but we wanted to trans tra- transition it to like a regular race. Um, we did change the the starting area for the 33 miler. It used to they both used to start at the same. Point, which at Ons Hat, the, I'm sorry, yeah, at Ons Hat, which is the northern terminus, we moved um, the 33-mile start to Carranza Memorial so that all of the runners would finish at Lake Absigami together um, before the 33-milers just kind of finished in the middle of the, the trail.
2: I, I think the uh, originally, though, the uh, 33-miler, what Dennis and Angie, like, it was like an afterthought because – lot of people it's i mean 55 was a lot more so some people were finishing it at badstow for the 33 so they kind of just made that a part of the race oh okay so but uh yeah yeah and angie and dennis we we, uh kind of after the first time i ran batona uh dennis was running eastern states with me in uh, 2017 i think and we were like neck and neck (laughs) together and uh and then we kind of like we kept in contact a little bit after that. Though we had a fun experience together there. Though he he finished uh, like trekking through that race. It was a uh, it's a pretty. I don't know if you're familiar with Eastern States 100, but it's a pretty. Uh,
0: no, I didn't know where where uh, I didn't know about that. Maybe a dumb question: Is that affiliated at all with Western States, or is it just like a like a? No, no, it's not
2: even a jab. It's just, maybe it is a jab, but uh, um, so it's uh. What do you call it? it, it they're, they're a part of like Heiner and Wor- a world's end, hundred uh, K and there's, that there's, a, there's a triple crown of Pennsylvania gotcha. races. And they're all kind of in that area where it's uh, a lot of climbing, really lots of te- rocks, lots of rocks, lots of mud,
1: rocks, rocks, and yeah. more rocks and rocks.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was getting into when yeah. I saw that and I was in a little bit better <laughs> shape and that was pretty, it was pretty rough. <laughs> I got to mile 90. Three or so DNFing that year, and last year we didn't make it very far at all. No, (laughs) but uh, yeah, yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough race, and it's like a 36 hour cutoff, but it's a lot harder than you think, yeah, (laughs) to make it there. But uh, yeah, yeah, so anyway, we had we uh, Dennis finished that, I I did not, but uh, yeah, so we have a little you know
0: connection that way. Have you had you guys had any history uh, directing races before that? No,
1: no, so. Um, I'm, I'm originally from West coast. Uh, I used to live in uh, big bear, California. And, uh, a lot of friends had told me, Vanessa, you got to start a race. You got to start your own race. And, and I, you know, would be like, yeah, that's, a... that's awesome. Like I should do it. And I, you know, start hammering out some ideas on paper. And then as soon as I'd go to like, take the next step to actually get something moving. I I just would get cold feet every time I knew, Um, I I knew it was gonna be a lot of work and at, at that time, um, well, even now, like Beast is Beast Pacing, that's you know, the other company that I own. That thing is a is its own animal, it is its own beast, it's very busy, and I did not think that I could handle directing a race on my own and beast pacing at the same time. I just thought like that's gonna be a hot mess. Um, you know, for me, I want everything to be perfect. Um, and if I can't do it right, then I don't wanna do it. And so I just had gotten cold feet. So when the opportunity came after the two thousand eighteen Batona and John said, Hey, Angie's Angie wants to offload it, I was like, Yes, like this is great. It's it's like, you know, kind of established and I'm sure she can, you know, give me some tips and kind of guide me a little bit and um and that was really what I needed to take the step at least for me personally to take the step into directing races um you know that that definitely gave me the confidence to say like uh I know John said you know wanted to do 100 and I'm like yeah we can do it I you know I know how to do the permits now I I know what it entails I mean it's definitely a lot of work but I think the first time is definitely the hardest it's like just learning how things are going to go you know Oh, yeah, the setup doubt. was
2: really difficult, but once we, on race day, and once we had the volunteers and the shuttles were there and, and we had our food and, and it was like, uh, it took, it takes a lot of work to manage that, but, but I mean, it was a really good experience uh, being a part of all that energy and, and, you know, just bringing that race, bringing the trail to everyone. It, it was a really good experience, but it was a, it was a long day. Yeah. I, <laughs> it was, it was, it was just like, just, you have to be all on point and you just got to be there for everyone. And you just got to like, I mean, we're, we're like being, it's about hospitality and being there and handing the medals. And if anybody needs anything that the volunteers, you know, it's, it's you just gotta be right on point. Yeah. All
1: the time. I definitely feel like once, once both races, the 55 miler and the 33 miler started, I was—I I remember just thinking to myself, okay, it's its going, there's nothing, you, you can't, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And like, you know, and thankfully we really, we didn't have any race day snafus or anything. We had something where I forgot a spreadsheet going to one, uh, going to the start of the 55, but really there was like three bibs that we needed to hand out at the start. And I just called John, I said, dude, I forgot my spreadsheet. What are the names? Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was an easy fix, but we had no race day snafus, which I totally expected for first year. I thought we were going to have some kind of like little hiccup, you know? Yeah. Um, knock on wood. Doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: yeah. It's, it's just about how we react to that too. Even if we have a little snafu, I mean, it's just running (laughs) and we have to provide aid and make sure uh, everybody gets to where they're going, but there, there was one moment where somebody showed up really late for our shuttle. And as the bus was pulling out of the parking lot, she blocked the, the bus with her car and I'm driving off and I'm like, where's the bus? Cause I'm supposed to lead the, the shuttle to the Carranza. And I turned around, came back and she was uh, getting stuff out of her car. But, uh, she, she's a lady who flew down, uh, flew up from Florida just for our race Uh, And she was our oldest finisher as well for the Mm -hmm. 33-miler.
1: 70-something old.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, 70-something. Yeah, she was great. Great little uh, personality, too. She she power-hiked the whole thing, but we have a pretty generous cutoff for the the 33-miler, which, I mean, we're not about, you know, we we like, of course, we love people burning through the course and speeding through, but we're for every runner, and we want to make sure that everybody is taken care of and everybody is accounted for. And we want them to have that experience, you know, because the, the hard thing about running an ultra is so different than running a marathon. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of back of the Packers in the marathon, but most people finish under six hours, you know, for an ultra the cutoffs are really strict and you don't know what you're getting into until you're there, you know? So like Eastern States, I was pulled at 93 miles and I was running a 3:30 marathon on average so that's how tough the course was yeah wow yeah, now i can't i can barely do a four hour but i don't really train for them but you know it's it's just a whole different so you don't like our race is pretty generous for the course itself it's uh there's some sandy sections but the trail is relatively flat some roots and stuff like that but it's not intense climbing rocks that sort of thing and uh, what's the cutoff for the 33 it's, 12
1: hours for the 33 miler so they can power hike it to finish it and go, going back to what john was saying like we like to see people burning through the course yes but also we want to see people dipping their feet into that ultra side like having that experience so having that uh long cutoff on the 33 miler actually allows people to to do that to cross over from you know one side to the other and know like hey they got plenty of time they can make it like i mean
2: we have one of our volunteers this year who, she's, uh, you know, not the, the top level runner, and she's only done a couple halves, maybe a full or, or so. And she actually said, I, "I'm going to register for this," and she signed up this year. And it's a really big challenge for, which is great. And after watching the finishers uh, in 2019, she's going to be. Uh,
1: she's going to run it now.
2: Yeah, she's going to run our 2020 race, which is is great. You know, and that's what we want more people out there and just challenging themselves and uh i mean it's a, a big deal to say hey i tell somebody i ran 33 miles you know or, or yeah I, so yeah. Uh, we're, we're happy to give that opportunity to people like just to cross something off on a you know make a challenge uh, or motivate themselves
0: i found that the more i i mean i just like you guys, I love seeing people burn through courses. I love seeing you know new course records and the fast guys are exciting, but uh, the people, the back of the Packers, you know the new people, they're they're just as fun. And what you're doing is you're you're building customers for for life. There, a lot of those people are you tend to be so much more appreciative that you made it accessible for them and that you made it very easy for them to feel like they belong there and they'll keep coming back and they'll always remember you guys as the ones that got them into it and that, that allowed them to have that jumping point. And then, you know, when they are maybe at that point where they're the ones burning through the course, you know, they, they're, they're coming back and they're they're burning through your courses and they're, they're making sure you guys get your, your recognition for the work that you do. It's a, it's a very um, yeah. communal thing. It's a, and very gratifying work as a race director to know that, you know, people kind of, The same way, you know, everyone's got their favorite restaurant with their favorite waitress and their favorite booth. You know, people have their favorite races put on by these certain people. And because there's they know what they're gonna get all the time and it's always gonna be awesome. It's a really good feeling to know you're you're in that class of of someone who who does business for people. So you say that the cutoff is twelve for the thirty three. Um a fifty-five, I guess, would be how much that's a little bit tighter. So that's
1: fourteen hours fifty five miles so that definitely okay. they gotta be moving a little bit. Um but it is it's a flat course. Um it does have its challenges. Like John said, right. there's some sandy sections. Um but I, I think that for for most even like mid to back, like most people can finish the fifty five. Um
2: but that's a, a over a fifteen minute per mile pace for yeah. fifty five miles.
1: As long as oh so yeah that's definitely doable
2: that. yeah you can't just walk it yeah you can't just power hike it you you know you got to be moving a little bit but still that i mean over 55 miles
0: it's 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 going to be hard <laughs> you know not- on average what's uh do you guys know like what your oh, average no. finish time yeah, usually i don't yeah. know Both ends
2: of the spectrum yeah we didn't so but this this year we had a, a couple of you know they were all pretty the fastest times for the 33 because we changed the starting point, So the elevation, the trails a little different, but the 55 were all pretty close to the, uh, the fastest time
0: course record course
2: yeah. record. Yeah. But that course record is still held by somebody who ran it in 2016, I think.
0: Okay. What is, do you, uh, what
2: is oh, the course record? Man. Yeah,
1: too tough. You didn't <laughs> tell us there was going to be a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not
0: sure. <laughs> I was just curious. Well, well it's i'll we'll, awesome get i'll get that up. in there afterwards um <laughs> yeah but um yeah. so i mean that's a long time you know uh, if, uh that's a long time as race directors to be active for runner you know runners are prepared for that but where in a time like that or you know and thinking ahead to even something like a hundred mile race that's that's a that's a whole day there you know what where are you guys during all this what is, what is What is going on in your heads? How many different directions are your brains split into uh, over that period of time? I'm a pretty
1: type A person. So I had a schedule written out one for myself and one for John. And, you know, it was like, you're supposed to go here at this time. and You're supposed to go there at that time. And really we pretty much followed those. Um, We had an amazing set of volunteers, Um, you know, without volunteers like these races just can't exist. There's, too many places to be at, at too many times. So, um, we had just, uh, you know, again, like I can't, I can't thank those people enough because we have to be able to leave somewhere and know that everything is going to be taken care of and everything's going to be fine. Um, so I want to say that, uh, started the 55 miler mm-hmm. while he was doing pickup for the 33s and getting them situated on the bus. um, and then once I started the 55 miler, he was leading the bus to Carranza for the 33. Mm-hmm. And I met them up over there. We, you know, set up that starting line. And then once that happened, I think we, we checked on some aid stations. Um, I think we might've seen a runner or two come through one of the aid stations. I can't recall which one. Maybe Quaker. Um, Quaker no, not Quaker Bridge after that. Yeah. Uh, Evans Bridge, maybe. Um, so we checked on a couple aid stations and then we, we both went to the finish line. We, we thought it was really important that at least one of us is there at all times to place a medal on each participants, you know, to give them their medals. Like, uh, we wanted to make sure we were there to do that. So, um, and I think we stayed there for the remainder of the day. I don't recall that we needed to leave.
2: Yeah. And we were also cooking food too, as well. We had the Oh yeah. We got a good finish line. Yeah. We had a really good finish line. We had, uh,
1: chili and hot dogs and, um, beverages,
2: beverages. Yes. That's the the
1: best way to put that beverages.
2: Yes. Yes. And so Um, everybody was hanging out there. Uh, some were laying down there. Their family members were waiting for their, uh, their runners to finish. And it was, we had music playing and a couple uh, of our ultra running friends there as well who were volunteering, uh, Sergey and uh, Ryan Trimmer, and, and uh, quite a few. Kayla was cooking. Kayla Our was friend cooking. Kayla, she was cooking up yeah
1: food for everyone. So that that was really.
0: Have you guys noticed uh, a growth? You know, like is there been like the typical organic growth? Have you seen anything change in the reception of the race since you guys have taken over?
1: Um, I, I think it's definitely growing. It seems that uh, we're gaining some traction. And, uh, people are learning about it. I know that, um, when, when I ran in 2018, um, I talked to some people that were local and, and they had never heard of it until that year. So, um, yeah, I was talking, I was running with my friend Keith straw and I said, Hey, have you run Batona before? He's like, no, actually I'd never heard of it before now. So we definitely have been pushing a little bit on the marketing side um, just trying to get the word out. You know, we, we made sure that we had good swag and we took care of our runners and we want people to talk about it. So that's definitely, it's it's definitely growing. Um, the numbers are certainly, I think our registration list is already at like how many runners we had last year and we're, what month is it? We're May. I had to, I I hardly know what date is. So, <laughs> you know, we're 5 months away from race day. Um so I think we're looking pretty good. Um on that note, we did transition our registration system. Um Ultra Sign up is now offering um a new feature where people can sign up but it doesn't actually charge them. Um and and the race director can then release the race basically like once we know that the race is actually going to happen, that the state's not going to pull the permits, that we're going to have no issues, then we can start pulling people off of, um, it's, it's almost like a wait list. So they'll, uh, receive an invite and then they can go ahead and accept it then, and then their card will be charged. So we are definitely seeing, um, a lot of registrations come through because of that. So I'm pretty certain that the race is going to fill, um, it's definitely moving up every single day, um although those people aren't showing up on our actual like entrance list. Cause you know, the, those are the people that are already on the entrance list are those that had registered before ultra Up allowed that new feature. So we wanted to, we wanted to transition uh, both races over the, the devil and Batona trail races to that so that people could know that their money is safe and that we're not just here collecting registrations when we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, certainly we never expected like the devil to cancel. We were ordering swag. Uh, in fact, two days before we were told it was canceled, I ordered the puckles. And so, you know, we actually have all the swag sitting in our home right now.
0: Wow. That's the worst. <laughs> I, it, they come uh, that close and then it just be shut down. And you know, I, it's, yeah. it
1: was, it was a bummer, but you know, like, you know, there, It was probably for the better. And, um, you know, it actually has given us a little more time to get the word out about the race. Um, we, we opened, uh, the devil registration only just like four and a half months before the race was going to take place. So we knew we were cutting it close, but we wanted to like kind of get it out there. And a lot of people were like, Oh, it sounds great. But I, you know, I, I already have something planned for that month. So I think, um, I'm seeing some, some more registrations come through and I, I think, having that more time to plan for those people is, is good.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: And on the other side, too, I mean, it was just a uh, really evolving situation, and we were better off not trying to have that during that time anyway. I, I, we we saw some races up to, like, the last day before they uh, – or last week before they, they canceled. And, I mean, just uh, – I mean, in, the, in that environment, we were just better off, you know, not having it at that time. But we, we were going to have it as long as you know, the DEP let us have it because I mean, everybody's expecting it and we just have to make little changes here and there. And that might be something that might have yeah. to happen in the future. Sure. As yeah. well, we really? No,
1: I'm, I'm just glad that, you know, once the DEP like handed down and we knew like the, the governor and all that was like changing things, we, we shut the registration down right away. Like, you know, we certainly didn't want to keep letting people register. If we, if we didn't know the race was going to go on. So, um, You know, there's.
2: We want to be upfront transparent with everyone. We want to, I mean, we want to treat everybody like we want to be treated as well. Uh, That's, that's our, and we, between the both of us, um, Vanessa's has more experience than I do uh, about ultra running, but we both have done a lot of ultra races, trail races, road races between the both of us. I I don't, I can't, I'm drawing a blank right now. I think I'm in the seventies range.
1: For marathons or marathons
2: and ultras together. Yeah. And she's probably over a hundred or so.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I know I've run close to 90 road marathons. So I don't, I don't know if you put all the races together. It's definitely, certainly a lot. Right. But we know, we know what we like and what we don't like. And we know races that we will return to and some that we're like, never again.
2: Um, it's just, I mean, it's not only like, it's just how you're treated and. and what, goes a long way. Yeah. And uh, if you're like investing your money with someone and a race, and you want to be treated a certain way. So you will get that repeat business. Like you mentioned earlier, we just want to treat everyone fairly and, and give them a great event. Yeah. We're going to put like everything, you know, every ounce of
1: effort into it
2: and everything, you know, they put into, we're going to put, give right back, you know, as well. We're, we're going to do our best. And Vanessa is like the, to be honest, she's the workhorse of, of the race. She, she puts a lot of the hours in and the planning and the prepping and the schedules. And, and we work together at designing the, uh, the swag and and everything else that we put together. But we want to say, Hey, when somebody does this race or like, I was proud to do that race, they really treated us well. We got what, you know, a pretty good amount of things out of what we, 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 you know, good our, value, good, good value. value. To, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, that's, it's healthy, you know, business practice, healthy community practice, you know, mm-hmm. you don't, it's, you don't want to be those people that are just kind of taking the opportunity to, to grab at other people's money or to, you know, seize an opportunity to, to make a few extra bucks. It, it, you know, it's, there's two ways you can go in, in a situation like this and, you know, smart, smart business, is maybe to to save your, your bottom line, but good business is to, is to be courteous to your customers and be courteous to your community, the people that are, you know, when when this is all over, everyone's going to remember the companies that didn't do anything for their customers, that didn't do anything for those that could have used their help, you know, they're all going to remember that. You know, the people that did great things will just go back to doing, you know, the good things they were already doing anyway, and people will continue to support them. But anyone that didn't make an effort to, um change their practices to benefit someone other than themselves like those people are going to stand out they're going to be remembered
1: yeah and
0: you see a lot of races who get some backlash about the way they, they treat things and you know it's never easy to make any of those decisions but there's definitely some things that race directors or you know these companies that that produce you know hundreds of races nationally could have uh, reconsidered. a thought about it, it makes you wonder when you hear some of the stories like how did this pass through an entire board of people and however many departments, and they still like were like, yeah, no, this is a great idea to do this to people. It, it, it's amazing. So uh, you know, kudos right. to you guys for making sure you stand out and you you do what's what's you know what might what might hurt you, might not hurt you, but you're doing it because it, that's not what's important. What's important is is what's best for your for your athletes and your and your supporters. Because how crappy would it have been if you put that race on and you know not many people felt comfortable coming out or you know something just wasn't it didn't make, made it not safe. And then, and then, you know, it's a, that's, you know, that would have been a crappy way to have your first race there. So you guys were keeping in mind what the experience would be like. And, you know, to touch on that. I think even, um, what I've noticed is the, the hundreds of virtual races that have popped up from, from companies you've never heard of or companies that, you know, you look up the name and all they've got is this one virtual race that popped up last week. And it's all kind of, um, no name people just realizing how easy it is to just yeah no i'll ship you a medal a bib and a t-shirt if you give me 50 bucks um it's it's i don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's some of that has been um a little bit of a turnoff but then you yeah. look at some of the local guys some of the local uh groups uh race directors and uh racing companies that are doing either um you know free uh, virtual challenges, or they're doing virtual challenges that where the money, some of the money, all of the money, whatever, something is going to helping people, um, or they're doing something that's not just like your run of the mill like virtual five k, like go run three point one in your neighborhood and that's worth you giving me sixty bucks. Like, there's a lot of really interesting challenges going on right now, and um, I think you know you got to as an RD, I, I have I have shied away from doing anything virtual yet because of the fear of not do not fear but I just want to make sure it's something that people will like and it's something that doesn't look like I'm just trying to seize a seize a moment either but I'm trying to offer the community something
1: well yeah certainly it is uh I don't don't know if it's a touchy right like um I I think a lot of people are afraid to dip into that side because of like are people actually going to want it are they going to be enjoy it are they looking for this So we are, um, we're actually working on a collaboration between the two companies, Beast, Pacing, and Batona to put out a virtual, um, or maybe more than one. Um, but a lot of details to release right now, because we're waiting on some, uh, words from, from some vendors and stuff, but we're definitely working on something. Um, you know, if I think for some people, uh, they don't want to run them. And some people do a a lot of people, um, want that or need that motivation to, to get out there, you know, um, you know, it might be easy for one person to just go run, you know, miles and miles and miles, but for other people, they, uh, you know, getting something in the mail or getting some swag is like exciting. And I think for, for those people, those kind of events are really good, especially just to keep them uh, their minds straight during this crazy time that we're facing you know um it's not going to appeal to everybody but you know
2: yeah every, I, there's different people throughout throughout and there's a lot of runners out there who just want to go out and do a race and they're they're missing that race and, and the community and that feel and and it's it's like just the medal but and the shirt but no it's it's something they earned, and they say hey well I ran out a marathon this weekend but I mean, I didn't have the finish line, I didn't have the but I, I picked this area and I ran a course in my neighborhood and uh, and it felt good and um, and so under whatever virtual I, I I know there's like a lot of different challenges and a lot of different people popping up here, but uh, if' it's, if it's motivating people to get out the door and I, I've seen quite a few this weekend, uh, a lot of runners, and over the last week, where a lot of their races they've been registered for, they were given out virtuals because they can't reschedule, like Broad Street, you can't yeah. reschedule that, you know, so, um, I mean, you, you know, what else are you going to do, so, and and a lot of my running friends community, they, they were out there, I, and they were putting the miles in, and, uh, you know, we just got to make the best of it, this is only a little, uh, this time will pass, I mean, it will pass, it's, it's you know, it seemed like it's lasting for, for a while, but, <laughs> And it's during the peak of our, our running seasons from the winter. Now it's the weather's nice and, and everybody wants to just get out and do their races, but we just can't, we just got to wait until this is over. But uh, it's, it's some you know, a lot of people need that incentive to go like for Vanessa and I, we, we like to pick areas that we haven't been to and just do adventures and just uh, get out and do our, our nature trips and you know, see what we can see. But you know, Others they just want to like see how fast they can run on their own, who knows you know to reach their own
0: yeah, I, I definitely understand the motivational aspect i do I do enjoy seeing that, uh, especially with people who had a big race that we are working towards all year to kind of give them that virtual incentive to continue the training um, is is really nice and uh, you know I by no means do I want to want a dog on virtual races um, it, it's not something I fully under understand as far as my relation to it, but um but I, I yeah you're right about the motivational aspect and it does keep a lot of people going um and um i I'd, I'd like to hear more about your um your virtual event when you get it you get the details more figured out you know keeping it local i think is a nice time right now um and you know just a, a word to the listeners to, to you know to to make sure that if if there's a challenge you're interested in see if there's something more more closer something to people you're you're already racing with you know I'm, I'm sure for every um However many virtual races that pop up, there, there's a good handful that are based on people you've already done an event with before. So, um, yeah, look look forward to hearing about that one. Yeah. Well,
2: and this is uh, she's affiliating it with uh, our company, Beast. Yeah. Uh, think, and and the Beast Pacers are, are a special like niche and uh, community as well. She does a lot of the uh, orchestrating and getting the race, the runners for that event who can run a certain time slot. But a, a lot of us, and I was a pacer first before I actually met Vanessa. And uh, so, and uh, being a pacer, you're out there for the runners and you're helping them get achieving a goal in mind, you know, whatever pace you're running at. And uh, it's, it's just like, and how many pacers do you have around? Thirty,
1: thirty-five hundred 3,500 pacers. 3,500. Wow. Yeah. And each pacer
2: mm-hmm. has connections with every person they've ever ran. And she has pacers. Who ran a race every weekend, sometimes twice a weekend yeah. across the country. And these runners are not, they don't have their races to run. Right. They, they've all been canceled because of the pandemic. And the, and the runners who run with those pacers are not. So, like, yeah, so we want to give something to, to them as well to get incentive. Cause, and we've actually had pacers reach out and say, hey, can we have a, a virtual run and just everybody get together and we'll do. And we'll share our story. We'll pace in our shirts. And, you know, because a lot of us, are. I mean, we, like most runners, feed off other runners. But pacers, really, we feed off all the other runners and yeah. helping others achieve their goals. And it's just, I really recommend anybody who's listening to maybe if, you know, you do a lot of races, give, uh, give Vanessa... Pacing, a,
1: give pacing a chance. Give pacing a chance
2: is- because... Cause we like doing group runs as runners and but pacing is like, you're almost like a coach slash a helper, but like you have to run a time. I feel yeah. like
1: you're a coach, a pacer, and you're a, a counselor. counselor sometimes yeah. like, yeah, you're a motivational speaker. It's like mm-hmm. all those things rolled into one. Helping people reach the finish line is like one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. Like legit. Um I've, I've, paced a lot of like marathons and half marathons and i've also paced uh personally uh some people through their first 100 milers and there's nothing greater than seeing people like just achieve something that they're they're not sure they can do in the middle of it you know
2: absolutely it's such i mean it's it's nice to give back and volunteer and help out and that's a way you can actually enjoy your sport and volunteer and it's it's just really like uh it feels good through your core, you know, and, and at that finish line when you get the hugs and like sometimes people fall off and some people pass you at the end, but they're like so thankful and so uh, appreciative of you being there for them and just like helping them through the pain that they're going through, uh, you know, not like really intense pain, but just like it's just their effort, you know, it's, it's a really good rewarding experience. And a lot of those people, a lot of our pacers, a lot of the runners who are familiar with Beast and experience with Beast, are just like we're all missing out on this. So it's just a way to get out and connect to our, our community.
0: It's it's I, I can I know I can say like there's been a couple of races where the pacer has like made all the difference for the race for me. And um, look at the numbers for Beast. I mean, it says you guys do over 150 races. Uh, you know, you've got you've got the hot, some of the hot chocolate runs in there. The Air Force Marathon looks like you've got some of the national park uh, runs in there. I mean, how do you
1: vacation sh- races? That was a uh, we picked their races up last year.
0: Oh, okay
1: that It's been a, a big account. That's for us. Huge. Uh, they're awesome.
0: A, how do you get a gig like that? How do you end up, uh, you know, owning a, a pacing company? It's not well, the, it's not something that's, anybody that's, ever thinks about. It, I guess, It's
2: so easy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh,
1: God. no, it is not. It's so hard, actually. So, um, yeah, like basically, I started pacing races uh, by myself, just like as a lone pacer. I'd reach out to races and I'd say, Hey, you know, uh, do you need a pacer? Sure, come pace a 10 minute mile or come pace a two hour half marathon. I had a couple races that said that, and then after I did, uh, you know, one or two races with these two two separate companies. Both of those companies asked me to bring a team to another race, and I'm like, "Bring a team." I'm like, "Okay, I, like I, I think I know enough runners. I think I can do this." So at first, uh, around 2013, I was kind of setting up some pace teams, uh, like as a volunteer. So you know, in exchange for uh, you know bringing all the pacers in, I'd get a comp entry. All the pacers would get comp entries. Um, but what happened is it kind of started growing. And at at a certain point it became something that I either needed to transition to a business or I needed to stop doing it because it was, uh, I was working a full-time job. Plus I was coming home and working on pacing stuff and, uh, I I really had to make a decision. And so I uh, switched into a business. I went back to everybody I was working with and I said, you guys, I, I just can't be a volunteer anymore. I have to charge you. Um, if I want to keep doing this, because it's kind of cutting into my family time. And so, uh, everybody I was working with was on board and I knew at that point, okay, like this is something that is necessary or not necessary, but, uh, because I consider it kind of a, I guess, a luxury item for races. It's not, you know, it's not going to make or break someone's race, but it certainly makes the experience much better for the runners. Um, so, um, I started hard marketing it actually in the fall of 2014, two of my friends were like, Vanessa, it's time for it to have a name. You've got to, you've got to go get a business license and you've got to like, you got to like make it legit. And, and so I did that. I quit my job. I started heart um, just basically cold emailing races. Um, and then it's grown from there. I pretty much now work off of referral business. Um, every once in a while, if there's a client that I'm Interested in like for example vacation races. I'd sent them many emails over many years, and I never got a response. Um, you know they're they're busy. They're busy people just like I am. So one day I said I'm just gonna pick up the phone. I'm gonna call Salem Stanley. He's one of the owners, and I uh, called him up and I said, hey, you know, I'd really like for you to give our our team a shot at pacing your races. And he said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And and a couple months later we uh, paced, uh, Zion half marathon, I think was the first one last year, 2019. And, uh, now we pace all of their races. So pretty much it's referral based now, but every once in a while, if like I have my eye on something or the pacers are really pushing me for a certain race, um, then, you know, I'll start, you know, reaching out and trying to make that happen.
0: That's, that's, uh, that's, that's cool to be able to take that from, uh, that's to take it from something you're just doing to make it into your your source of income makes it that much more enjoyable especially as it's something you love so much and then to, to grow like that that's that's awesome it's uh it's i don't know if it's underappreciated i'd say we're, we're, I, I would i don't know you would know better that it, it whether or not people do a good job of really showing their appreciation for pacers but uh, you know it's 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 something a lot of people don't even think about until they get to the line like oh shit yeah this race has pacers like you'd be like that yeah that like when i was starting out longer distances like that was just like great to to get to a to get to a half marathon and see that they all had pacers at the race like that was like great now like that is one more thing that's gonna make sure i have a good race
1: right yeah i certainly think that the runners um appreciate it i think sometimes on the back end of things with like race directors or like companies that are putting on races they may not like originally or at first like see the value in it. Um, but if they hear a story from a runner, that's had an, a good experience with the Pacer. I mean, one person's opinion can really change the mind of somebody else because um, I mean, I, I think it is hard to understand that if the people are not running the race themselves, like sometimes these larger companies, you know, maybe there's, there's like a lot of administrative type people that are setting them up and they may not understand just the emotional aspect that goes into it. Um, But if uh, I have a lot of race directors that are runners themselves and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love pacers. Like, yes, like we need you at our race. Um, And then sometimes some things are a hard sell, you know, there's like races that you think like, Oh, they could really benefit from using pacers, but they just aren't interested or, you know, it's, it's, so it's, it's kind of hit and miss with that. As far as the runners go, the runners are, you are, I hardly ever get bad feedback from runners. It's usually like, oh my gosh, thank 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 God for this person. Like I would never made it through.
0: So I guess looking ahead into the this, this season that, that will happen into the fall season, where are some races people can see uh, Beast Pacers at so, uh, in the remainder of 2020?
1: Yeah, um, a lot of stuff has been canceled, that's for sure. Um, but uh, we are on any of the vacation race races, uh, half marathons, So all of those ones that are at national parks, um, as long as those races are on, we're going to be there. Um, the hot chocolate series, the same thing. That's the hot chocolate, 15 K's the, the local one would be, uh, Philadelphia. Um, that's next April. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. That's yeah. That's we're a ways out from that, but, but, uh, the hot chocolate series actually starts in October. Mm-hmm. So the first one's in Denver and then I think it's, uh, St. Louis and chicago and other cities like that some major cities um what else do we have on our schedule um the, they are our current schedule is on our website which, which is at bspacing.com uh, air force marathon is certainly on our calendar um oh my gosh there's so there's so many there's so many races we do it's really hard to like
0: newport keep... sure
1: yeah newport, yeah newport marathon that's in rhode island mm-hmm.
0: Um, oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, yeah
1: that's a, a that's a great race. It's beautiful. Um, I swept that race not last year but the year before, and uh, I was happy to be out the last one on the course because it's just gorgeous.
2: There's quite there's quite a few. <laughs>
1: yeah, Morgantown Marathon. I think that yeah. that's on our schedule because of the COVID. Uh, some of the clients are holding out on signing contracts, which is certainly uh, understandable. Um, we typically do pace Detroit Marathon every year. Um, we have a really good relationship with them and um, the Pacers love going there. They, uh, they they treat us like gold over there. So, um,
2: Detroit's a really great race. Yeah. That, that's a,
1: a, that's a oh. fun race. Huge, huge race. Yeah.
2: You, you actually, uh, run across, uh, under, across the bridge into Canada, around Canada and back through a tunnel and through Detroit. and It's a really nice, yeah. nice race.
1: And Detroit's an up and coming wow. city. I know like, some people have like a bad like, "Oh, I can't believe you went to Detroit. It's like you know, they think of like crime. Detroit is like up coming right. It is super like trendy, lots of great bars and places to eat and
2: mm-hmm. it's, it's a just, good trip. It's yeah. a good trip and and yeah the like uh, I think the last part of the of the race you run through uh, a residential area older. Uh, nice home Indian that, Village Indian Village and they yeah. have like a lot a big party
0: outside where people are just get, cheering you, you get on get
1: shots and beers yeah and- <laughs> that's always fun yeah we say yes to those
0: I, I, when is when is Detroit is that a uh, yeah. spring race or fall a that's fall, fall race?
1: that's October
0: okay yeah I feel like I want to say maybe this past fall is the first time um, like Detroit I, I don't know if I don't know if there was a record broken or something it was in the news for something like in the running you know, world news um and it was the first time the race had ever come from a radar and, and it was one of the it was talking about how revered the race was and well reviewed i was like really maybe it was like a bib rave thing or something but I, I was like i was really surprised to hear that you know the detroit that one that there was a marathon in detroit and two that it was so well received so it is, that kind of that kind of hammers that in there yeah
1: if that race is huge i mean like blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks of corrals like it is giant yeah. it is so awesome mm. to see like the start line like people go off last uh 2018 was that when you ran it mm. john ran the marathon i ran the half and uh i ran the u.s only half which just runs in, in the u.s they have two different half marathons they have an international and the u.s um and the u.s only half starts at like 10 and the marathon starts at seven or something like that so I rented one of those little, you know, scooters that you, that you, uh, that you can rent. Um, I don't know. They had, they used to have the bikes and. Is it
0: a line play. or
2: something like that? Yeah. A little battery.
0: Oh, okay, I, ordered, I think I, I rented one of those about. little
1: scooters and zipped around and saw them on the course. Yeah. And then zipped back over to the start lines for my race. I had a good time.
0: Yeah. Really cool race. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going on my list now for sure. Mm-hmm that is there anything else you guys want to make sure gets in before we begin wrapping up
1: no, no not really just that um for people to look out for uh you know the october races and then to expect to see the new jersey devil again in uh next april um uh, because we'll we will move it back to like the original time frame
2: and just uh follow us on
1: yeah follow us on social media channels yes instagram facebook give us some love on instagram That's... instagram man i'm pretty good at facebook but instagram i'm I'm learning. I'm having a hard time learning Instagram.
0: <laughs> in- Instagram, Instagram is definitely like a, a challenge in terms of marketing. Well, I, I would say, I would say probably ultra, ultra. The ultra runners are probably a little more active um, on Instagram than I would say like some regular runners are. It's it's tough because you got like these run celebrities that really. Um, they're, you know, it's very influencer based, but then you've got like the core group of people that will follow your race because they want to make sure they stay up to date on, it. you know, Instagram is, it's not completely business yet. Like the way Facebook is, Facebook is great if you own a business, but Instagram is, it's a, yeah, I, I, I struggle to navigate sometimes too. It really takes a lot of, um, I don't know. I do a lot of reading, so I just kind of read up yeah. on current marketing trends, things like that. But but um, is it is it at Batona Trail Races? Any uh, underscores or anything no, like that?
1: Just, yeah, just like you said, at Batona Trail Races.
0: At okay, I'll make sure I show that in the show notes as well. Yeah,
1: Beast pacing. And then the same thing for, uh, you know, for the Facebook, it's just slash uh, be spacing and slash Batona Trail Races. Try to keep it easy. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, well, the easier it is to find, the easier it is to get people coming. Mm-hmm. Right on. Cool. I think that uh, that went pretty well. How'd you guys feel about that? Yeah, I think so too. I'm not. Too, yeah, a
2: little bit less nervous than I thought I'd be
0: for my first podcast. <laughs> okay. John's, it's John's uh, newbie. it's tough on. I tell you what, it's tough on the phone. I I don't. I mean, the hardest part about recording these episodes during this is having to do it either on the phone. Zoom Zoom videos are nice because you can see the people. It feels a little more comfortable. But I, you know, I am a much better talker and I've, and the conversation flows so much smoother and cleaner when you are like face to oh. face with each other because it's just like a natural conversation because yeah. we've never met. You have no idea like who I am, what I look like, like it's so much easier if we can get comfortable in a space together first and and you know the the, the things kind of flow yeah. a little better but i mean that was yeah. that was good I was I mean, under, it, you made sure you guys I
2: actually thought that we were actually being videoed for to be broadcasted not video zoom uh, you know but i guess maybe that's, that's... It's the
1: same thing uh, yeah okay, so i, I I'm a, i've been having a little problem with my uh webcam and i'm man like that's the like the thing on my list that's at the very bottom like figure out how to something's going on with my webcam i i've got one i know it's on my computer but Mm -hmm. i can't seem to get the dang thing working
2: (laughs) dre what
0: kind of races do you direct uh which so i do um i a lot smaller races so i have uh, a couple road races here in vineland uh two 5ks nothing more than a 5k i do um i do a couple events at parvin state park we have a duathlon uh we do a turkey trot this year we're doing a um like a polar plunge and a run. And then um, <clears throat> I have, uh, we do a, f- a five week cross country series at one of the local parks here. That's a free series. I partner with the city mm-hmm. on that and they sponsor the entire thing. And um, we do that in the summer. And then at that same park last September, we did like a, uh, like a loop thing, like the guys like the loop right. type thing. So it's a, it's one out. I think we did in one hour. And we did a hundred minutes, and it was like a one mile loop, and just how much to see how much uh, people get done, and and that was that was my foray into trying to get people interested in more distance stuff. Eventually, I'd like to branch out and do more ten k's, maybe a half marathon one day. But I'm I'm only I got started around the same time as you guys. My first my first race was uh, 2018, so I'm I'm just two years in. And, um, there's not much of a culture down here. There's not much of a racing culture. It's, um, you know, if if you're going to a 5k, it's usually like a, a fundraiser being put on by people who like don't know anything about running. So I'm trying to kind of, um, to, to establish the culture, which is why I do the podcast. Uh, I try to do some blogs. I try to do, uh, you know, some like, um, multimedia videos, uh, images, stuff like that. That's where my background is and more in art. So I try to kind of find ways to establish the culture. And then from there, hopefully get some more races coming up, but I've got, I've got nothing until September. Now I'm all cleared out. I think even my summer series, even though it's free, more than likely won't happen. It's just, it's just too many people in one place for the city to be, to be okay to to fund that. I think so. I'm, I'm currently out of work. That's why I do the yeah. podcast. Yeah. 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 But I, I appreciate you guys uh, coming on. Um, I got a couple of guys in my uh, running crew that one guy who whose his dream is to run the, uh, the Batona 55. It's his like, that's his like big race. Like that's like, you know, some guys got Boston, you guys are All in right. Boston. So he's working towards that. And uh, when, when he does finally run that, I plan to run Sweet. it with him. So um, I, oh, I, I can't hope, wait to, hope watch to see you guys suffer. out there soon. So, it'll be so
1: fun. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We, I mean,
0: I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, I love, I love the ultra running culture. I'm so fascinated by it, but I have not dipped my toe in the water yet. So I'm waiting for him to be ready, and then I'll get myself ready to do it <laughs> well, too, so I can do 50- it with him. And then I think from there, hopefully, continue. You got to get your 5K
2: under your belt first before you do a 55.
0: Yeah, you gotta have a. Belt. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's. Uh, I think he was eyeing up the dirty German yeah. for this spring. Well, I think is what he was eyeing up. Um, so I think he's going to reassess. We'll see what the fall looks like, and then uh, maybe maybe I'll qualify I, with him then, and then we'll train together. Yeah, for the or 55. If, you know, if
1: if, not, if there's nothing before, then come run the thirty-three miler, and then run the fifty-five. And the next,
0: we uh, oh yeah,
1: we I didn't say oh, that's this. True. Uh, that's I true. I didn't see it, say this, in, off the off the record, but um, originally when we started uh, the Devil for this year, we um, we had release some night races to go along with that, which was actually the Batona 55 and the 33, but starting at night. And uh, we pretty quickly took that away because we were just like, no, let's focus on the one distance. Um, But there's a good chance that we will bring those distances back for night races during the 100. Since our volunteers are already out there anyways. That'd be
0: awesome.
1: um, It was weird. like At first it didn't gain traction. And then once we pulled it, like people were emailing us, I thought I saw night races. I thought I saw this. I saw it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, you saw that, but we, you know, we took it away. Um, so uh, I guess because, uh, there was a North face race that was at bear mountain in New York. They had, uh, I guess pulled their race, decided they weren't going to do one there. So then all of a sudden everybody was looking for ours. Um, but we had had already pulled ours too, just deciding like, no, we, we only wanted to focus on the the hundred, the first event you know the first time but that uh idea obviously we don't have a choice now uh the the races are going to have to run concurrently so that we could keep people happy and it is going to be a logistical nightmare but we're going to make it happen so if we run those night races next april um i'm just saying there's a good shot at that we'll do that so
0: yeah that's awesome well and i'm going to keep that in mind and um if, if uh, you know if I'm able to I'm, I'm definitely interested in helping you guys out uh, as far as volunteering on the course I think um, you know that's uh, that 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 would be something cool for, to be a part of and to see so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in that so I'll keep uh, you guys set you send out a call yeah for volunteers um, or is it more so uh, just kind it's of actually like, on
1: our ultra sign up page um, there's like a register button and then there's a, a button that says volunteer and people can volunteer through there and certainly if you know anybody that's interested in doing it, Please send them there because um, now that we have to have the two races running at the same time and because we didn't want to change the start times for any of them, we, we just didn't feel like it was fair to, you know, if if we ran the 55 and the 33 at night, right. that would make a whole lot more sense. But we couldn't just say like, hey, I know you are already signed up and you expected to run in the morning, but guess what? Now you're running at night. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's going to be really crazy like basically our eight stations are going to be open for many many hours so as many volunteers as we can get we need um for the especially this coming october things will be a little bit easier come april um you know when the races uh run kind of they'll be running at the same time but they'll be also running the same direction uh for over the runners are going to be running Ah, toward each other the hundred milers will start out going northbound and the 55 milers and 33 milers were be heading southbound so it's going to be insane
0: i really liked getting the talk shop with those guys uh obviously as a race director it's something i'm interested in it's nice to gain insight from other people to see how they're doing things or you know just what's totally different about the nature of their job compared to my job. Um, that was really fun. When racing does finally come back around, uh, maybe make it a point to look around and get an idea of how many people are working together to make that happen. You know, who's, who's the face or the face is behind this race? You know, make it a point to learn the name of the company that produces the race. Anytime you participate in something like that, it's usually a, a company that does more than just that. So if, if you have a race that you like, look up the name of the producers and find out what else they're doing. Chances are you'll like the other of events that they're producing. Um, you know, it's, it's an industry that's taking a hit right now. You know, races are the glue that keep the community together. So we're learning how to adapt and just kind of biding time until they come back. And there's a lot of companies, there's a lot of races, there's a lot of people that might not make it through this and you might not see them come back. So support what you can. Uh, look up anybody that you know that produces races and, and find out how you can help them, how you can support them through this and, and maybe what they're doing to help you. It's a, it's a communal thing. No one's here just trying to make a buck. There's a reason behind anybody wanting to produce a race, whether it's to build up their community or to motivate their friends or just to have something really great going on. Um, these people all have good intentions and it's, it's, just, it's a really great industry to be a part of. Real quick before you guys go, I just want to remind you that there are other episodes of the show. Uh, I have about six or seven episodes from last season where I talk a little more about my own personal journey as a runner and get to talk to some people from my area as far as um, the running crew I'm a part of and just our journey towards the Philadelphia Marathon last year. Uh, there are four other episodes from this current season where I get to interview people from surrounding areas to talk about what they're doing in their communities and how running has kind of influenced their life. You know, I talked to a guy named Richard Issa from Philly who's doing really dope shit with trying to change the way the scene looks at, at, at just the community. Um, I get to talk to Scott Partnheimer who uh, wrote a really good story about uh, a naked race he did up in Pennsylvania and we get some really good insight into just uh, his philosophy of life and how running and writing has affected that. Um, Ariana Scalfo is a friend of mine years ago, who we both knew each other when we weren't athletes. But years later, she's in California. She's a mountain runner. Here I am, obviously, running is my entire life, really. And we get to talk about that transformation and what she had to overcome to get through that, and the way she's using it to help other people overcome their own obstacles. And then the most recent episode before this, I talked to a guy named Eric Bowfinger, who I mentioned in this episode. He's the guy who ran all the trails in Parvin State Park. Badass runner, super fast. He's always winning my races here in town. And um, he's a coach too. So he talks a little bit about how he changed his strategy from running, um, you know, training for Boston Marathon to now having to adapt and prepare for what normally would be a spring marathon is now happening in the fall. Some really interesting conversations. And there's more episodes on the way. I would ask you guys yeah, to subscribe on whatever uh, platform you're listening to. If you're able to leave a review, leave a review. And just check out Patoona Trail Races, check out Beast Pacing, and of course, check out Second Capital Running. I'm sure there's something that any of us are doing that would really interest you. Thanks a lot, guys.